Hey everybody, what's up? This is Chris, and you're listening to Finding Japan, episode 11. Right now, you all are in my kitchen, and I'm in the process of making dinner. Monday night, about 8.30, I think. I don't even know. And I'm making one of the few things that I actually have learned how to make since I've come to Japan. In fact, I think it's the only thing I've learned how to make, which is yakisoba. And throughout the episode, I'll sort of describe what it is I'm doing. So you can get a feel for what it is I'm actually making. But I learned this from Machan, who works at the uh, Tachinomi place in Kamada, that um, I just love to go to. And I went there over the weekend, Saturday night, and paid attention when he was making it. And so I've sort of stole or yoinked his technique. I'm not eating carrots too, so. Anyway, let me just shave this carrot hair. I don't have a proper vegetable shaver, but it does pretty good because this knife is so super sharp. Anyway, lots to talk about. I think it's been over a week since I've done a proper audio episode. I do have a few topics here that I wanted to talk about. Um, first is just uh, just general schedule stuff. I realized today that I don't even have time to go to the post office during the week, so if I owe you something by mail, um, for those of people who I do owe things, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just difficult for me to get to the post office and get everything together, but I hope to get that all out this weekend. So I apologize in advance. And if I don't owe you anything, please don't ask me to send you anything right now. Um, basically been living off um, kombini food for the last week. Um, but I've tried to change that up, trying to go shopping a little more often, which is precisely why I'm cooking now. And uh, I think Alex has taken the same approach, which is cool because puts a little more variety of food um, in, the, in our apartment makes it a lot easier to, to cook up some nice stuff, so I hope this cutting board doesn't take a header into the sink. Um, yeah, I've been so busy that I've been forced to perfect my getting things done methodology, and uh, I just wanted to update everybody on Vitalist. Um, I didn't realize this, but they actually have a mobile access point to their site. So if you are using GTD and um, you do have cell phone access, I highly recommend checking it out. It makes things so much easier. Um, I must have thought of maybe 10, 20 things while I was at work today and put them all in and now I just, I feel like I can focus on dinner. I don't feel like I have to remember everything. So I'm super excited about that. And uh, I recently talked to my uh, coworker where I'm working now, and we've uh, arranged a schedule so I can have Friday afternoons off. 
starting the week after next. So that'll be really good. Puts me in the office longer for longer periods of time and reduces the commuting cost and everything. So it's just an all-around win-win. I'm excited about that. Um, that's really it for just basic updates. Um, I want to talk about, actually today's topic really is kind of focusing on um, what I'm going to call the bike capade that Alex and I went on this weekend. I think it was Saturday. But before I do, I want to back up and sort of tell the story about how we found our bikes and everything. I think the first day that we arrived in Japan, we kind of just cruised around the neighborhood where um, I had found an apartment looking for various things. We found a ton of motorcycle shops and bike shops and everything. And a brand new bike in Japan. Well, first of all, let me say, everybody in Japan, nearly everybody rides a bike from kids to grandmothers. So it's not uncommon to be riding around on a bike and looking like a dork. Um, but there are various different types of bikes. Um, I believe my friend Saya said that the one we got is Mama Chadi. I believe that's what it's called. It's basically like an Obasan or old lady kind of bike. And um, But they're super convenient. It has a basket on the front and the whole deal. I haven't taken a real proper picture of it yet, but once I do, I'll show you. But they're also mountain bikes and things like that. A new bike that's actually like useful, that has the baskets and everything, will go from anywhere we, we saw them, anywhere between, I don't know, maybe 100 and, let's see, about $130, if I'm doing the conversion right in my head, all, all the way up to, you know, you name it, like $300. I'll put this back in the refrigerator. And clearly, you know, spending $300 on a bike is not an option, unless it has a motor, in which case it's not a bike anymore. Um, so we did some shopping around. We found this great used bike store, and I think we got our bikes for, let's see, 40 yen, or 4,000 4, yen, which is um, about $35 each, plus registration. Now, in Japan, when you buy a bike, you have to get it registered. And... The cool part is is that most of the bike stores themselves will actually do the registration for you. So they'll charge maybe 500 yen, which is a little less than $5, to go ahead and register the bike for you. Okay, sorry, I'm going to interrupt myself. I just cut up some cabbage here. I'm going to rinse it off before I chop it up. So right now I have some thin slices, sliced diagonally of carrots, so they're nice and long and thin. And I have maybe about a handful of cabbage. Okay. And I have a pan out with some olive oil. And pretty soon we're going to be doing up some garlic. Let me put this carrot away. So yeah, about 4,500 yen each, so 4,500 for bikes, not bad. 
Um, so we got to take the bikes home that day, and the guy said, uh, you know, I'll register for it before you, and you have to come back. So I had been riding this bike quite frequently back and forth to the store, etc. Never thinking that, you know, the insurance was really a big deal. Well, I was made uh, to be wrong <laughs> and completely mistaken uh, a few days later. However, this Saturday, we finally were able to go to the bike store and pick up our registration. So we had all of our papers, and Alex and I decided to cruise down to Ginza to go to Citibank to get... Uh, his bank account set up and for me to try and do a uh, wire transfer to get some money over from the US. So um, we headed down there and uh, kind of cruised around a little bit, went ate lunch in uh, Akihabara and I went and got a few more electronic devices that I needed and uh, decided to come home. So on the way home, we were crossing a bridge, and we were crossing right in front of a police station, and we had crossed in the crosswalk like you're supposed to, when the light was green like you're supposed to, and I sort of hear a weird, like, kind of, you know, shout in Japanese, and I turn around, and there's a cop right next to me on a bike, and he uh, pulled me over on the, on the bike. I, yes, I got pulled over on a bike, and uh, Alex, too, there was another cop. And he proceeded to ask me if I was on vacation, if I had the day off. Now, mind you, it's Saturday, okay? Um, I had, let's see, what was I wearing? Because this is probably kind of important. Um, I'm a relatively clean-cut guy. You know, I don't have long hair. I don't have, like, terrorist facial hair. Um, you know, I have blue eyes, so, I, you know, I'm kind of like... Wow, what's the word? I don't look like menacing, you know. I'm not. I don't have a very like menacing stature. Um, and I was wearing um just a like a, a little black like uh, fleece jacket with jeans, and um, I had a camera bag on my back. And um, Alex was wearing you know some jeans and a shirt and whatever. So he asked me if I was on vacation. I told him no. I'm a student, I'm studying Japanese here, and then he proceeded to ask me for my bike registration. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this guy's just doing his job. Not too big of a deal. After I gave him my bike registration, he checked it out. Almost, he, he almost seemed like he was kind of surprised that, that all the paperwork checked out, because here there are two foreigners who probably don't look like they know what the hell they're doing. I just started the burners, by the way. And, um, you know, we're just riding around on these, you know, Mamatari bikes, which, you know, look like we stole from, you know, some 60-year-old lady who uh, can only walk around on a cane but for some reason can also ride a bike. So, at any rate, um, he said something I didn't understand. I'm, I, 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 he said it again, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't understand. I'm studying Japanese now. And I don't know a lot of words. And uh, he then said, knife, knife. And I'm like, knife, knife, what, like, like knife, like sword knife? He's like, yeah. So I'm like, no, I don't have a knife. And he said, show me or something, you know, to the effect either in his body language or whatever. See, I got some oil in this pan right now. 
and I'm cooking up a little bit of garlic just in the oil. And the trick here is to get the oil kind of garlicky and then take the garlic out in a moment. So we're gonna let that cook for a second. So he says, knife, knife. And I go, no, and I, mind you, all I have is a camera bag. So I kind of like pat myself down. It looks like he wanted to pat me down, but was afraid of what I might do. And uh, so, and then I'm, I explained to him that Alex, who is also talking to the other officer now, is my friend and we're roommates. And then he's like, well, show me your bag. So I go through my entire bag. I, I pull it like, you know, I put it on top of the basket and start pulling everything out. And, you know, I, and I, um, hold on, let's see. I pull everything out of my bag. He looks at it, kind of just smiles at me and says, thank you very much. And then uh, we're on our way. So Alex and I are riding back and I'm like, well, what did the what did the guy say to you? And Alex had said, uh, oh, he was like asking, you know, me what I was doing here. And he asked for the, you know, he looked at the bike number. The like, when you buy a bike in Japan and you register, you get like a little sticker that goes on the top part of the frame so you can easily see. It's not like the uh, cool kitty cat sticker that I have on my bell that I discovered the other day, but it's, uh, it's this cool, you know, little yellow sticker that shows sort of like the registration number. And, um, I guess the cop had called it in like, like a plate number. It was, it was absolutely ridiculous. So going back, I was just sort of reflecting and I'm like, well, I could see if it were late at night and I was swerving around and I was drunk and I was like trying to run over people. I could see why they would pull me over. It was, I think, maybe two in the afternoon. We we're crossing a bridge. There's nobody around. We did it in the right way. And uh, I got basically patted down for a knife. So, I don't know. Welcome to Japan. I've heard stories like this um, and I'm certainly expecting it to happen. Uh, a few more times, if not a dozen or so times, but man, it's just it's just crazy. I, I I guess that's part of learning to live in another culture too. You learn to live with the good things and the bad things, and you know I'm not saying the U.S. is any better. In fact, it's probably a lot worse in a lot of ways, especially if you're not a, a white male. Um, but you know, just sort of feeling that uh, I don't know, just feeling like you were singled out. Um, it's just a very strange feeling for me. And uh, I don't know. It was a good experience, though. I don't regret it. I, I'm not saying I didn't I didn't want it to happen, but it was uh, it was very, very cool. So I'm glad I had the opportunity to get chased down by the police in Japan. So there you go. Alex is in the other room here. I don't even know if he's listening. I think he's got his headphones in. Let's see here. All right, so I just cooked the garlic oil. Looks like it's not really all that much, so I'm gonna add a little bit more oil here. And now we're putting in uh, some strips of bacon. I have these really conveniently packed strips of four pieces of bacon, each about, uh, I don't know, maybe, 10 centimeters long. If podcasts could have smell, I think you all would be enjoying this much more. 
I've got the mic set up a certain way too, so that it's probably gonna sound like it's coming out of one side. I'm hoping it doesn't get too loud though. Cooking up some bacon in the uh, garlic olive oil here. I like cooking with gas a lot better than cooking with an electric stove because you can control the heat much better. But yeah, so there's the, uh, the bicycle story. Um, it was pretty funny too. I was saying to Alex, we got a registration. I said, now I can feel like I. I can pull some moves, you know, start swerving or doing some crazy stuff, but it didn't didn't take that at all, apparently. So let's see. All right, we got plenty of battery here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about Scott Lockman and Tokyo Calling. Um, we did an interview together um, a few Saturdays ago, and I was listening to the audio, and it seems sort of salvageable. Um, there's a lot of background noise, so I, I wasn't really quite sure whether or not I should post it. Because um, we, we just sort of talked about, about quite a few random topics, talked about podcasting. Scott talked a lot about writing. I know in his podcast he's been talking about um, you know teaching writing and in order to do that, you know, becoming a writer and writing more and keeping a journal. Okay, here we go. Carrots going in. cabbage before it gets cooked so the audio has quite a bit of restaurant noise in it though but if you guys are interested I'll, I'll pull out some clips um, let me know if you'd like to hear it um, I think it's kind of neat you can kind of meet someone that way and it might even be sort of strange to hear Scott's voice on my podcast or, or, or vice versa if his audio is salvageable too so I don't know it might be kind of cool you guys might be interested in it uh, talk a little bit about Japan, but more so about technology. Um, Scott's a, a, a pretty uh, bright guy, and he teaches a lot of that sort of technology at uh, various colleges and universities throughout Japan. And uh, I'm in the technology field, so I'm always interested in new stuff like that, and I've done audio for a while, too, so sort of just an audio nerd. Okay. Cabbage is going in now. Oh, listen to that. Oh, sounds so good, doesn't it? And the trick to really working this, I found out, is you can get these regular ramen noodle sauce, but if you add half of it while the vegetables are cooking, and the other half after you throw some noodles in, it tastes a lot better. Tossing the vegetables around a little bit. Oh, beautiful. Would have done this as a video instead. The only problem is there's no real place to put the uh, 
camera here, so I apologize. So I had uh, an interesting experience the other day when I went to Akihabara. I haven't really been to a record store yet in Japan, so I figured I'd check it out. Alex actually had gone up to Tower Records in the uh, big camera building there while I was waiting in line behind some Germans who were trying to figure out what function, you know, how Bluetooth worked at the counter, um, taking up all the clerk's time. But um, anyway. So I went up there and I was looking for um, some CDs that I thought might be interesting. A lot of CDs that are um, done by U.S. record companies and sent overseas often have bonus tracks. Two years ago, I had co-written a song with uh, Paige Hamilton from Helmet. And um, it landed on her second to last album. I think it was, it was called uh, Size Matters. And it's track... Uh, it's track six. It's called Unwound. And the way that came about is, is a whole, whole other story. But um, I had still uh, not actually purchased a, my own copy of that album. I, was, I received one, but I gave it away. And um, I'm like, oh, I should pick that up. And to my surprise, it actually had two bonus tracks. Um, so if you're a Helmet fan and uh, would like a copy... Um, let me know. I'll go pick one up and mail it out to you after I tell everybody, hey, don't make me mail you anything because I suck at it. What the hell's my problem? Okay. Oh, if you could see this right now, this looks so good. Yakisoba is almost done. Oh, this looks great. All right. I'll do a little cleanup here. Yeah, but the... The record has two tracks, two additional tracks that um, I had only heard in demo fashion a while back ago when we were working on uh, writing a song when uh, I was doing production in a band that I was in. Um, and it had been four years since I'd heard those songs, so it was such a cool experience to be able to get those. And again, only in Japan. Mm. I shouldn't try to eat out of the pan. That's probably bad. It's really hot. Mm. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Terrence. That dude is one patient man. Um, Terrence had recommended a podcast. I'm not even going to repeat the name of it. Um, if you're interested, you can go to his co uh, you can go to his podcast, CobeBeefShow.com, and check it out. But it's basically a conservative left, or I'm sorry, conservative right wing kind of commentary satire, and. Um, just sort of this young kid kind of explaining or expounding about things and man I was on the train last week and I was listening to this podcast and I got so upset and I had heard Terrence talk a little bit about this podcast and man that, that dude kept his cool um, if I had recommended that to some people and then this guy had said what he said I would just be man I'd be off the hook but Terrence, props out to you, man. You're a better man than I am. Um, but if you are interested in, in, and you want to uh, see what I think is sort of the dark side of podcasting, go check it out. Essentially, what I think the dark side of podcasting is, is being very opinionated to the point of not moving an issue forward 
just really sort of being abrasive for being abrasive's sake and not really being constructive. I mean, you can have a varying opinion, but if your only goal is to incite or to poke fun at, um, but then claim that um, you do have some serious issues you want to take up, but then claim that it's also satire at the same time, um, you know, I don't know. I just think there's something wrong with that. He actually had uh, this, this person who runs this podcast had actually criticized Terrence's uh, uh, booty patrol segment and you know <laughs> Terrence makes no bones about what his podcast is the guy doesn't try to front anybody so um, I have no problems with it personally I, I like it in fact I need another one dude where is that Terrence hasn't done an episode in a little while um, but yeah it sort of made me realize that there is or there can be a dark side to podcasting and I'm sure there are more uh, like that out there. Um, I also wanted to thank uh, Kelton and uh, San or San. I've started listening to their podcast too. One is uh, I think San's from New Zealand. It's a really cool show. I'm looking forward to some future episodes of that. Um, I will put that in the show notes as well. And I also wanted to thank uh, Joseph Tame, who's doing the. A year, a year in Japan podcast, and um, his last segment on uh, the Love Hotels was just great. Um, I'm not even going to try and talk about Love Hotels. I'm just going to take his advice and go with it, and then you guys can go check out his podcast too to hear a little bit about Love Hotels. But I think that's about it. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to try and do some shorter episodes here. Um, still want to talk about the first week in a Japanese office, and I will do that once I can pull all my notes together. I hope everybody's doing well. I hope you enjoyed this. And I'm going to leave you with a sound bite of Alex and I's favorite friend, the Yakimo Truck Guy. Um, if you don't know what I mean, I'm sure you don't, but anyway... Japan has, I guess, real no sort of noise abatement or noise pollution prevention laws. So consequently, people who sell things or are running for office have free reign to drive trucks around your neighborhood with huge loudspeakers on top of them. The one truck I don't mind, though, is the Yakimo truck. And this guy apparently sells, like, baked sweet potatoes. Um, I'm not even quite sure what Yakimo is. Alex, what's Yakimo? Um, it's like roasted, like sweet potato. So, Alex says it's roasted sweet potato. Have you ever had it? Kind of, yeah, I've had it before. Pretty good. He's had it before, but he hasn't had it from... Not here, though. Not, and not from the Yakimo truck. No, but the next time, I'm definitely getting up. Next time, I'm keeping my camera charged right. for that. Cause we're gonna we're gonna go down there and, and put that guy up. And the cool part is, is he makes like three or four rounds. <laughs> so if you hear him and you miss him, you wait about five minutes and he'll come back. So anyway, I uh, hope you enjoy Yakimo, and uh, see you all later. Thanks for listening. 
sorry for all the noise, but I figured you would enjoy uh, my cooking here and dinner's done, so I'm gonna let y'all go so I can eat and get some work done. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Yeah.